for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Sarah McCullough. How's it going today, Sarah? You did good. Good, good. Glad to have you on. Glad to chat with you a little bit and uh, get to know more about you and uh, your music. I was listening to the album before you jumped on, and uh, I found already an immediate connection to one specific song, but we will talk about that here in a little bit. Oh, I love, I love, I love when people have favorites. That helps me be a bitter songwriter. Yes, yes. We'll get to that (laughs) here in a minute. But uh, first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on here and uh, chatting with me for a little bit and uh, going through all your music and all that fun stuff. But before we kind of jump into the new album and uh, everything else you got going on in 2022, what's kind of your introduction kind of take this minute to introduce yourself to everybody that's listening and will be listening like what got you into music stuff of that nature i'm just going to introduce myself a little bit okay Um, okay so my name is sarah mccullough you did good pronounced it well um and i'm a singer songwriter from south florida i was born in miami and um spent most of my life in florida i moved out of the state to Western New York about um, for about a dozen years, and I moved back last year, so spent quite a bit of time in the Buffalo area. That's a great little music community. Um, but I am so happy to be home. Florida is, <laughs> if you can't find things to write about in songs when you live in Florida, you have a problem because it is a colorful place between the tourists and the <laughs> yep. and the and the cowboys and the and the beaches and the swamps. There's a lot to write about. So. Um, but I was born and raised in the Everglades. I had an unusual upbringing. My parents were hippies and um, we lived on a very remote piece of property. I was homeschooled and my parents were hippies. They were artists. My father was a singer songwriter. And um, so we started actually going to church and and singing in church with my dad and um, just singing along to him when he would play the guitar. I have one older sister. So we would just kind of sing along with him and harmonize with him. So my dad was the one that originally got me. He was my first musical influence. And um, we'll talk about him maybe more later because I titled my second, the, the recent CD that's out after him, Sam Miller's Daughter. So um, so anyway, I, uh, gosh, I, um, <laughs> I put out my second album a month ago on Friday. It's called mm-hmm. Sam Miller's Daughter. And um, I, I, wrote all the songs on the album but one we had one cover and i'm just a little songwriting machine that's what i would say if someone were to say what is your favorite part of all this i certainly appreciate it that people like my voice and you know like my singing and so forth but i really like the songwriting mm-hmm. so um a, a, a hard to believe fact about me is that i'm actually <laughs> an introvert i'm very um i was very shy as a child and i'm actually a pretty introverted person so I'm only singing them because no one else wants to sing my song yet. As soon as I can sell them to somebody else to sing, I'll be happy to gotcha. kind of not go away. But anyway, I just, I'm in it for the songwriting, let's say. Awesome. Awesome. Actually hearing that about your parents being hippies and you living mm-hmm. out in a remote piece of property explains the photos that you had on your Facebook page that like I went when I was prepping the, uh, Mm-hmm. promotional graphic all i could find was photos of what i could only assume were your mother and your father's standing out in the middle of the swamp maybe or yeah. in a, yeah. mm-hmm. i mean i guess in south florida pretty much everything's the swamp down there but well there's a lot of there's a lot of high ground there's a lot of uh, actually agriculture is huge in florida mm-hmm. and you certainly can't grow a lot of crops in swamps we have a lot of cattle and orange and citrus but I would say the southern part of Florida, especially the way southern part where I'm from, is either <laughs> beach or Everglades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And you grew up in uh, Clewiston, right? Was our- well, oh. I this is another interesting thing. My parents, um, we owned property in a remote area um, that wasn't even incorporated. Um, and we lived an hour from town. We lived an hour south of Clewiston. So we were homeschooled. And when it came time to go to formal school and we were in middle school, 
when my sister and I went to school and um, we went to school in Clouston. So we were bused an hour, you know, in um, in an hour back. So I didn't formally grow up there, but I graduated from high school yeah. there and I, I <laughs> made all my lifelong friends there. And, um, you know, it introduced me to country music. My parents were big music fans, huge music fans. And they loved Willie Nelson and some Merle Haggard. My dad recently, I found out from my mom, little tidbits, my dad's been gone a long time. So I learned things now that I had not realized, but he was actually a Tanya Tucker fan which surprised me. Um, but my parents weren't huge country fans. I kind of became, you know, uh, indoctrinated mm-hmm. into country music when I was in high school in Clewiston. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Which Clewiston is the connective tissue to one of the songs that I yeah. uh, kind of yeah. gravitated towards. Um, and yeah. I'll kind of explain why here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, so growing up in South Florida, it was pretty much all country all the time, or were you exposed to other genre types of music that kind of helped influence you as a musician and a songwriter? Gosh, I, I felt like between what my parents gave me, my dad was big Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix. And then my mom, um, she loved, uh, women singer songwriters. She was a big Carole King fan. And also, Linda Ronstadt. So I grew up listening to all of that kind of great singer songwriter, country, country rock. And then between that and country music, I would say I had a really, really great education in mm-hmm. roots music. My dad also was a blues. He liked the blues, Muddy Waters and, mm-hmm. and stuff that was influenced by the blues, Almond Brothers, you know. So um, but I think I got a good education just from, you know, just my house. My parents were very um intellectual and um they were it was very interesting life because they were we were out there by ourselves we didn't have phones until we i didn't have a phone until and this is way back before you know internet or you know all of that um i didn't have a phone until i was in college so we were really isolated yeah for sure i i mean that's that's got to be an interesting and cool way to grow up like especially in a day of technology, you know, everybody's got cell phones and all that stuff. I remember God, yeah, yeah. Like, even when I was growing up in early grade school, like fourth, fifth grade, that's when like the internet really started to become open, uh, open to like the mass, open to the masses. You didn't have to be like uber rich or whatever to have the internet. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I kind of miss the times pre-internet where it was like, okay, you know, we're, we're just kind of out here having fun doing our yeah. thing. We, my sister and I, we grew up with no phone and even at times no television. We had electricity, but there were times where my dad would just, I remember <laughs> once he took the TV away, kind of like for a whole year when we were like, you know, yeah, I mean, he says, okay. You know, he didn't like something we were watching. He thought it was too, you know, to um what's the word uh you know negative influencing this negative or what have you so i remember him taking the television away for like a year i mean we really were um an interesting very unusual life we had from uh, on occasion newspaper reporters that would come and do a you know an article on our family and you know every once in a while so we really were unusual but we were left to our creative means for sure i mean we um so i think we could you learn how to entertain yourself nice. and um but boy we, we did a lot of we did a lot of running without any shoes on that's for sure nice oh <laughs> and then at what point did you kind of start picking up music as a either a hobby or a profession where where'd you kind of start as far as performing uh well um First time I ever performed was with my father. My father was alive and we performed at a, a friend's wedding. And I remember that was the first time I ever sang, you know, um, in public. And I was very, very, very nervous because as a teenager and I was shy, but I really liked the way you always like it after it's over because people come up and, you know, you kind of, <laughs> it helps you get over that shyness. Um, so I started singing in public with my dad when I was a, a teenager. And I went off to college. He, he wanted me to, to, to do more with it 
with him, but as a kid, I just wanted to, you know, do what I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really too, too into it. It was a period of time where I wasn't into it at all. And then my dad died my senior year of college. And that just really, I in, kind of inherited his guitar and uh, it was super sad. Um, but I just started to teach myself. He had tried to teach me, but really I, people say, Oh, you learn from your dad. Well, no, actually I kind of taught myself mm-hmm. and, um, back before the internet talking about before the internet, um, when I was in college, I taught myself how to play on um, Mel Bay's guitar chords, which is this old tablature, you oh. know, book. And so I would just find the songs that I liked. And, and, and then I started songwriting uh, when I was in my mid-20s. And then I did quite a bit. I was doing the folk festival scene and going to songwriters, you know, circles and doing it and performing. And then I got married and um, I, my my ex-husband now um he uh it was a working musician so i mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> lived, lived vicariously through him and we did a lot with music together i should say he did a lot with his his band and put out a couple albums we have a, a son um with a disability so it was hard for me to leave my son and to do things for myself it was kind of all supporting you know um my son's father's career so then when that marriage came to an end, it was really um, a pinnacle of time for me where I was really homesick. I was living in New York and I had put away the songwriting and all of this mm-hmm. kind of couple years back um, kind of came together and I just started getting like, I'm just going to write these songs about home because they comforted me. That's where Sugartown came from and, and Saw Miller's Daughter. And, you know, so I think that I didn't, my songwriting was my career, if you want to call it a career at this point, I'm just, I feel kind of funny saying that because I feel like I'm just getting started. It's not really a career yet, but it's been a little bit disjointed where I put it away for quite a while, but um, I'm, I'm out there performing and I never, I, if you told me I would be doing, performing my own songs in front of a crowd of people, you know, five, six years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, the, the one thing that came easy in my personal life, I went through a very difficult time, but the one thing that kept on coming easy to me in my personal life was the songs. I didn't even ask for them. They just, they just come to me. People that sit down and write a song or go somewhere and co-write or whatever. I, I can't do that yet. Anyway, I just, they just come to me when they come to me and they come all the time these days. That's, that's awesome to have that constant, creative flow of creativity that that's the word i was looking for yeah uh, definitely that that's really awesome and uh just the fact that you're able to take advantage of that now and you know to write music and record it and release it and perform it uh how often are you writing music at this point or is it like something you're doing daily or is it a little bit more <laughs> subdued than that yeah, again, when people ask me about co-writing and you need to get, people always seem to think that, you know, we need to be co-writing and it's so hard for me because music is a mysterious, mm. songwriting is a mysterious process for me. The way it comes to me, I don't know how I could ever work with anybody else because it comes mm. in bits and pieces. And <clears throat> to be honest with you, <clears throat> a lot of it recently has just come in my car when I'm driving oh. and I'll be driving a long distance and um, it just, they just start to, kind of, I get something and, and what, what I do is I sing it into my iPhone and get what I can into my iPhone. So I have a recording of it because you, you'll forget, mm-hmm. you know, you, and that, well, sometimes you don't, but a lot of times you, you do forget if you don't sing it and, and record it. And then later on, if I, and I'll listen to it and, and if I think it's worth going back to, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sit down and try to figure it out on my guitar when I get home or a couple of days later. But like, for instance, right now, I mean, you know, you hear stories about psychics that mm. feel like people talk to them and that they have to express, oh, you know, they go up to rent. That's how songwriting is to me. It's like they come into my mind and they bug me until I pay attention to them. And then, so I have literally right now, like four or five songs um, that are good songs that I'm real pleased with that are real catchy and hooky and, and fun that I have like in the cooker, I call it. And they're all kind of, and they kind of, I try to work on a chip away at them because when you get to, you get to a certain point with a song where there is, it's really like it's, you're, you're like the architect because there can be a certain um, key phrase or key words that have to be just right. And you can't rush that part. You have to find the exact right words that 
are easy to sing, roll off the tongue, make sense. So um, <laughs> I take it all really seriously, you can tell. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. But... No, it did. It was per <laughs> That was great. Um, so you kind of brought up the, or uh, you've brought up the uh, new album, Sawmill. Saw Saw Miller's. Saw Miller's yeah. daughter. Mm -hmm. I was going to get it out eventually. Mm -hmm. Boy, I'm sitting here like, oh, I can't speak today, but that's all right. Uh, Saw, Mil Saw Miller's da daughter. Uh, how long has that album been in the works? I started writing the song. The title track was done, I would say, five years ago. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had all of the songs together. And we picked them. My producer and I picked down. We ha I had, you know, a lot of songs. And we pulled them down to the dozen that we thought were good. And uh, we had that ready to go um, in like the summer of, well, I would say around, we were supposed to go to Muscle Shoals to record it in, mm. in December of 2020. And then we got pushed back until okay. uh, 2021. I would say it was ready, but then the songs reworked themselves and some songs, I wrote better songs, oh. some songs dropped off and so it's kind of a hard question to ask because some of the songs were kind of brand new. I had just yeah. written them and we decided to put them on. But I would say beginning to end five, I mean, five years from some of the time, some of the songs were oh, wow. ready. Uh, and you you just mentioned that you were, you recorded this album at Muscle Shoals? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How did you, how did you get in there? Did you, is that just always where you wanted to record or how'd you get in there? No, I was lucky enough to have a, a family connection. It's actually a, a, a connection from my dad. He's a friend of my, my father's. His name is uh, Jim Bickerstaff, and he's uh, my producer, and he was a, a friend of my dad's and um, had uh, been a Muscle Shoals guy and mm. lived and worked in Muscle Shoals for 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, he worked at a studio um, called Duct Tape Records for a guy named um, Johnny Sandlin, uh -huh. and um, worked there for many years and had a whole, you know, when you live somewhere for, somewhere for yeah. 30 years, you know, people, you know. Yeah. And so we went, he had all the connections and um, I was just blessed because it was happened to be, and I knew Jim was a super talented guy. I had um, known the people that he had, he's been heavily involved in Florida folk, um, the Florida folk scene done a lot of pr producing for um, people down here. So I, I knew him through the Florida and I knew he was super talented, but I had no idea how connected he was. Oh, okay. He's like, we need to go to muscle shows. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I was terrified, you know? And um, we went in there and we, uh, we were in a place called East Avalon reporters mm -hmm. and the list of people that played were all, they've all been on, um, I mean, they're, they're really, really famous session mm -hmm. players. So I was terrified because I was like, Oh my God, are my songs going to be good enough? You know, yeah. but they have an incredible process. They're very business. Like they just come in and, you know, they're so, they're so focused on the music part, you know, um, mm -hmm. they're amazing. So yeah, I was blessed. I just had a, a connection. If it wasn't for Jim Bickerstaff, I would not, be sitting here talking to you, you know? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. My, uh, audio engineer that when we go out and do live recordings and stuff like that, he's with me. He talks about muscle shoals all the time and he keeps trying to get me to watch this documentary about it. And I just haven't mm -hmm. had the time to do it. And you're the second musician this year we've had that's recorded at muscle shoals. So it's that, yeah. you know, it was kind of interesting and funny. I went from never hearing about it to my buddy talking my ear off saying, Oh, you, if we ever get the opportunity to just go and visit, we need to take advantage mm -hmm. of it, you know, just all this different stuff. So it's, that's really cool. It's a, uh, it's definitely an iconic place to record music. Yeah. There's the fame studios, which is the big famous place where mm -hmm. Aretha recorded her hits and where her career really turned around was mm -hmm. in muscle shoals. Yeah. And she had been a, a star for, you know, she had been recording and had put out many, many albums without any hits until mm -hmm. She went to Muscle Shoals. Yeah, it's an amazing place. And the people there are so nice. And yep. I could go on and on about it. But I was, we had a Bob Ray and Kelvin Holly, Clayton Ivy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there's a lot of guys, uh, uh, John Willis. Um, and you can look these guys up and just Wikipedia them mm -hmm. and they come up. Um, but if you watch that Muscle Shoals documentary, you know, some of those guys are, are on there. I know Clayton Ivy was interviewed for mm -hmm. the one of the main... 
documentaries there. So yeah, you can't go. I mean, and Muscle Shoals, I mean, the, you know, we rented a studio and mm-hmm. it was just Avalon recorders. And, um, you know, people are kind of, I, I was intimidated by Muscle, Shoals, by Muscle Shoals, but once you go, if you have a producer, you can get in there and, and, and you know, book a studio and, and, and these guys will come in and, and play. You have to, you know, arrange it and uh, so forth. But I was just really lucky that I already had someone that, that knew, knew everybody. And it was like a family, you know, reunion. And I was the only female <laughs> there for with him for like a week. And they tried to be good around me. You know, mm. they tried to behave themselves. <laughs> they did They did. They did. A, they, did a, they did a good job, but yeah. um, there are a lot of fun guys and their stories are amazing, you know, about who they've worked with, mm. you know, amazing yeah. stories. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, Saw Saw Miller's daughter is out now. It's been you said it's been out for about a month already. On Friday, it's been a month. month. Yeah, month on Friday. What's going through your mind now that the album's out and people are responding to it, listening to it? What's kind of well? I think we've had a really incredible, um, you know, reaction to it. Considering I'm an independent, you know, artist, I don't Mm -hmm. have a record company. I have a publicist in Nashville named Natalie Bailey, who's trying to help me and has, and has helped me get some publicity and is trying to help, you know, get more. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. Um, but (laughs) I mean, I'm very pleased, but it's, you know, just that, you know, (laughs) you never, you never gotta, you know, kind of quit. You gotta keep Mm -hmm. going. And thank goodness it is something that you enjoy because the amount of independent artists and stuff being put on Spotify every day. And, you know, the amount of artists that um, are out there and you, you know, you're just, how do you get your work to the top of the, yeah. the heat? So people will listen to it. So, I mean, we've had, you know, we've had tens of thousands of streams mm-hmm. and um, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, from, from doing, from being involved in music, that's not a lot, you know, of, of you know, money for me. But right now it's more just about getting, getting it out there. So I'm pleased with how it's getting out there, but in order to, you know, take it to the next step, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, push the, push the, as my mother used to say, kick the can a little bit further down the road. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately right now for independent musicians, the way to make money is do lot or performing shows, doing shows. And Florida has been, pretty loose with uh the covid restrictions and all that stuff and i think for like the last year like texas in that same boat we've pretty much been wide open as far as shows and whatnot but still like even when i go out to shows here the crowds still aren't 100 percent the same they were two years ago or two yeah, and a half years no, ago so no, for sure not we're not back to capacity you know mm-hmm. and um but i I'm pleased. I should mention we have a couple of videos on my website that have done really well with views. People love what I've learned about all of this is that people love videos and I wish they weren't so darn expensive to make yeah. videos. <laughs> you know, right. yeah. that's one of the most expensive, you know, parts of, of, of this really, as far as the media goes, but we have a couple of videos that have done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Honey to a bear and yeah. then um, saw Miller's daughter. Yeah. So we have a lot, we have like, on Honey to a Bear, like almost 75,000 views oh, on wow. YouTube. Yeah. And then Saw Miller's Daughter, we only have like 6,000, but then we advertise it in other places on Facebook. And so the combined on that is like about 30,000. So I'm pleased with that. How can mm-hmm. I not be considering yeah. I'm an independent? The idea that that many people have been exposed to my song or my voice, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, so. Sure. Yeah, it's an interesting time in music, and I'm thankful that I'm, you know, wise enough where I, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not green, you know, but I'm I'm still, you know, young enough where I can still do it. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, the one song that I really enjoyed off the album is Sugar Town. Uh, before I started like really listening to what the song was about, I just thought it was really catchy and it was an interesting song. And then I started listening to what you were singing about. And then I started putting two to two together after reading your bio, where you were from. I was like, oh, this is about growing up in, you know, obviously not in Cluiston, because mm-hmm. you said you didn't gl- grow up in Cluiston, but South Florida, it's a big sugarcane. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say sugarcane country, but like area. It like, is. Um, sugar is very big down there. And the reason I knew that, because you don't, 
a lot of people probably don't know sugar is grown in South Florida. When after college, I lived in uh, South Florida for about six months and I was in a feisty mood one day or during this time period. And I was trying to be very socially active and uh, I got involved with the protests against what they were calling big sugar for okay. the, uh, the waterways there and the algae blooms. Right. Um, and there was a huge protest in Clewiston. And that oh, was the wow. only time I'd ever been to Clewiston. And okay. it was kind of interesting. And then as I was listening to the song, I had flashbacks to when I would drive through Clewiston. Mm-hmm. And like Clewiston's a cool area. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a nice small town in the mm-hmm. middle of Florida. It's a cool area. And, you know, and as you were singing it, I was just like, yeah, th- this all makes sense. And th- this was like back when I was very feisty and trying to stir, stir them. Save, save the planet. Or yeah, save the planet or stir and, the, stir and the I, pot. I come from save the planet people too, but yes. I have a, uh, God, I, I think I'm in a way I'm, I'm kind of perfect for, for music because um, I have like what I call Dolly Parton politics and yeah. I really mean it like I, I I have my opinions, but um I'm like I don't even even if you agreed with me, I wouldn't necessarily want to talk to you about it yeah. because I hate I just said so the subjects are so boring to yeah. me. And um, but no that I mean not that that I shouldn't say anything about saving the Everglades is yeah, it's boring. Um, because it's not at all. I was just trying to with music, you know, put a caption of just a simple, just, this is the way that life in that town is. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a lot of hard work that goes into those fields. Um, and a lot of hard work that goes into, um, farming and agriculture. Mm-hmm. And, um, Absolutely. but I'm sure when you dig further into the song and you hear it a couple of times, it's about relationships, yeah. nostalgia for relationships, yeah. people that I left behind and, uh, that I missed, you know, friend relationships, you know, romantic relationships. It's about nostalgia. And um, I think that's why I love music because it's, it brings people, you know, together mm-hmm. and um, it's a healing thing. I mean, sometimes I think, you know, just with environmental issues and stuff, we need to remember that they're just people just like us living and working, you know. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm glad you like the song. A lot of people like that song. Have you given thought of doing a music video or something for that song as well? Or is it? We would love to. The guys that came and did uh, my um, Saw Miller's Daughter video, mm-hmm. really talented uh, uh, group, um, a pair of people, I should say, Dan Bram and Leslie Gaines. Um, Dan was a cinematographer and Leslie was a director. And um, they want to do a Sugartown video maybe in the fall. Um, we're yeah, we would love to get to Clewiston and he, <laughs> Leslie's kind of already staked out the tire store and the, and the, um, you know, the football field and, you know, and, uh, actually I, I have a, a good friend who, um, is, um, you know, married to someone in U.S. Sugar that I've been talking to about maybe, you know, captioning, taking some videos out in the, you know, sugar cane fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we we have some concept ideas, um, but it's just getting it together. And on um, the timing of it, Florida is incredibly hot in the summertime. Oh, yeah. You do not want to be out there unless you're really at the beach and you can jump in the water or yeah. at the pool or whatever. You do not want to be filming a video. That's my idea of hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're thinking, hoping, hoping, hoping maybe in the fall, but we're going to you know, see. But yeah, no, thank you. I, I really appreciate hearing which ones you like because it helps me. Helps me. For sure. It. I remember... The first time I lived in South Florida, um, I went to a baseball game in the dead heat of July. Like, oh God, it, 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 it was one of those deals where I, it was uh, between my junior and senior year of college. I didn't really have anywhere to go, so I went down to Florida, and I went to a baseball game. It was a midday game at like two a.m. or not two a.m. two p.m. whatever, and I went out to the game. And I came back, like my entire body was just burnt red. And I was, oh yeah, yeah it, it was rough. It, it, is, was... it is not for the faint of heart. It is not. My, my, uh, my mother is a snowboard now. She goes up north 
Mm. And uh, she's she's got it right. I might go up there and spend a little time with her this summer just to get out of the heat. Even with air conditioning, you're just kind of you're you're dying. It is yeah. hot. It yeah. is hot. But I um again, I'm happy to be home. But you do not want to be doing like out. <laughs> we have an outside. A lot of shows out here in mm. Florida are outside because it's all very casual. But um, I have the last couple things I did that were outside. I just kept on wearing the same outfit consistently like i'm like why did i i I gotta find you know a different pair of jeans or something i was just so sweating it was embarrassing so reminding me to to check my outfit for tomorrow i have an outside show gotcha awesome (laughs) you know it's funny because i lived in new mexico for four years and uh, we went out to vegas and arizona a lot and i really fell in love with spending the summer months out there and everybody's like well if you hate florida's heat why do you enjoy arizona and nevada and in july when it's 120 degrees it's like that's a dry heat you go down to florida in that humid you know whatever you want to call it it's Mm -hmm. it's, it hits it's different so it's a a wet it's a wet Eight. Yes. Yeah. I will try <laughs> not in a good way. I interned in Orlando for uh, Disney for a semester. And uh, as part of the internship, I stayed on seasonally afterwards. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go pick up a couple shifts in July in Orlando. And that was a terrible idea. I should have just yeah. waited until November. Yeah, we uh, we stay indoors a lot yeah. in the summertime, as does everybody else. And it it keeps, I think God knows if we didn't have the hot season in Florida, think about how many other more people would live here. We have oh. too, we have too many people oh, as yeah. it is. For sure. But for sure. It's I grew up without air conditioning at that. Uh, we had no air conditioning. We had no, mm. we had no air conditioning growing up. Do you have a uh, swamp coolers? Is that what you- <laughs> Well, we had electricity. We had free, we had, we had electricity, you know, mm. we had refrigerators and all of that, but we just didn't have um, air conditioning. Mm. No, we didn't have any kind of, we had fans. That was it. Oh, well, I remember swamp coolers. That was, uh, I don't even know what they are. They're, uh, basically it's a, they blow air through like a pad that is wet and it's meant for like humid environments to cool. I'm not a hundred percent sure how that works, but Hmm. there's a whole thing behind it and they don't work that well. Let's just put it that way. I have to look that up. Swamp so. teaching me a little bit about it that I didn't even know. Yeah. Um, but so you've, the album's out now. It's available on uh, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Is it just digitally released or do you have hard copies, CDs, vinyls, whatever? Yeah, I have um, CDs and mm-hmm. you can buy them, you know, right off the website. Some people still like CDs. And um, I am in the process of... Uh, the vinyl has been ordered. I'm just in the process of actually, they just sent me the sample vinyls to make sure that they're okay. And I've been listening to them over the weekend. They sound okay. And I'm going to approve those. And then those will be available for pre-order uh, through Bandcamp, I believe. Um, and so people will be able to put in an order for that. They're not available until like January next year yeah there'll be some vinyl available for for some people that are really and it's a beautiful i'm very proud of the album cover and um the graphic Mm -hmm. had sweat and tears production we were trying to get the photography done in uh october november and we had it was still raining quite a bit and we couldn't get the photo shoot done and so whenever i look at the album cover and the picture of me I'm sitting in front of my dad's sawmill, his old sawmill. And that took, that was like the third or fourth <laughs> canceled photo shoot that we had to do. And so I'm real proud of the, the graphic and it's got some nice um, photos of my family and my dad. And so the vinyl is really a beautiful work of art. So it should be ready soon, but it's, everything is, you know, everything is, it's a weird market because it's either all streaming and then people like vinyl too, mm-hmm. but the CDs are, I, I gave them, I got them basically to kind of, you know, for people that wanted them and to get my music out there, Mm -hmm. but it's not a CD market anymore. Well, it's one of those things. I feel like this comes up on every podcast we do, but I don't mind saying it again. It's one of those things where not very many people have CD players anymore. It's one of those deals where like for me, 
specifically, I had a CD player up until December and then my car died and I had to get a new car. My new car doesn't have a CD player. So, you know, and luckily before that, I was always about the vinyl. Like once vinyl started making a come, uh, making a come around about 2018, 19, when it started like resurfacing there a little bit. Um, And now whenever I go to shows, if they've got vinyl, I'm all about it. So Mm -hmm. it's. Yeah, I've come to, I, uh, <laughs> this is, this is kind of funny. Um, I had a record player and then I lost it. Um, when I moved from New York to Florida and I didn't have a record player. So they sent me the records to listen to for my own record. And do you know, I was t- taken aback. I thought I, they were going to be sending them to me a little bit later in the mm-hmm. fall. I didn't, so they sent it to me. I didn't even have a record player. I went out oh. and bought a record player last week so that I could listen, but it, I still have all my records i just didn't have the player Mm -hmm. i got to go back and look through my records i don't have that many but the ones that i that i have i really like and i'm i can't wait to get them out and listen to them again it's cool it's a different experience it's Mm -hmm. cool on the weekend to wake up and start going about your day especially i like it on sunday when i'm cooking for my family Mm -hmm. and you just go over and you know i actually um have some ideas of i want uh i love the staple singers my dad used to listen to them a lot when i was a kid so i want to get the um, freedom highway on vinyl. And I was going to have that for my Sunday church, I call it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Cause it's, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's so much more, it takes time to get the record out, mm-hmm. put it on the plate, put the needle down to you. And it's yeah. like, it's thoughtful. Yeah. And these days it's all just like a click of a button and, yeah. you know, it's like online dating. It's like, yeah. nobody care. Everything is just, just, just expendable, dispensable, whatever you want to call it. There's yeah. no there's no meaning put in even relationships anymore. So it's like records are, are kind of cool. They're bringing back that stay in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and really enjoy, enjoy that. Yep. Absolutely. So did you get one of those uh, little Victrola suitcase <laughs> uh, record players or did you get like a legit record player? No, I think it's a, what you would call a legit record player. Okay. Cause it's like the tape on the side you can listen to a tape and uh, i'm just looking at it it's like yeah. right across the room it's a vitrola but it's a big it's a big big one okay gotcha yeah not super uh, loud but i know i can get speakers you yeah because the one that i have is a little victrola like it comes in like a suitcase that you get it i think you can get them at like best buy for 80 bucks 100 bucks whatever it is and- i got it best buy it was it was a little bit more than that well it was it was marked way down mm-hmm. it was under 200 and it was marked down so it's what's cool about it is it has a little cd player and it has a little tape player and yeah. i know i have some tape somewhere that i want to listen to I, I can't find them right now but yeah. i was impressed and the other thing that actually the thing that i like the most about it is that it has like a little fm radio oh, and yeah. i can just and I, I got out of listening just to my local country radio station on a Saturday. And, uh, you know, I just, it's just nice to be able to also just God forbid, you know, there's a storm or, yeah. you know, you lose internet or you lose, I don't know. You just never know. It's always when I was a kid growing up and we would have hurricane season or whatever, you always make sure you have a radio mm-hmm. and some way to listen to it. So you can listen to, it's like a Florida thing. You always have to be able to listen to the, the weather station, you know? Yep. yep. It's a, uh, that, that's still, when I lived in Tallahassee, I would, Unfortunately, I was in Tallahassee when we got when uh, Hurricane Michael came through, mm. uh, and I'm sure you remember Hurricane Michael. Or I'm trying to remember that, that was uh, 2018. It was the Category Five that I lived 20. in. I lived in New York up until okay. um, gotcha. 2020. Yeah, okay. so, so I, mean, I wasn't home for that. Gotcha. Yeah, it was a Category. Well, originally they called it a Category Four, and then I think later on they upgraded it to a Category Five after doing uh post-storm assessments and whatever you call it so yeah it was that was the last ones that that i went through were um god it was like 2005 2006 they that was still bad it was Mm -hmm. bad 2004 2005 2006 and then we moved to new york in 2008 and those last three seasons i can't even remember 2005 and 2006 but 2004 the year my son was born and I had like this infant, this two month old baby and Hurricane Charlie was heading like right towards us in St. Pete when we live in St. Pete and it was terrifying. And we were just getting upgraded to a category five and we were getting ready to evacuate. And I had this little baby, he's two months old. And then it turned 
and it mm. went over Port Charlotte, kind of door to that area. Mm. Um, and I felt terrible for those people because they weren't really prepared. It turned yeah. really quickly. The whole time it had been forecast to come over. But anyway, I don't want to digress. I'm mm. sorry. I go I go no, off on tangents. I don't know if you want to talk about hurricanes, but it's all good. It's a but the point was yes, radios are important in Florida. Yeah. That's that was the I point just, I was. I also just want to make the point that I don't always have to talk about myself, me, me, me. It's like the narcissistic like things that you can be doing or with music. It's all about you all the time. Your music, how you sound, how you look, how you. I'm so I'm so not like that that it just gets kind of like. <laughs> oh, it's all good, for it, but it's kind of exhausting. I understood. Understood. So. Uh, Saw Miller's daughter out now, Spotify vinyls coming. Um, what's kind of the plans moving forward with 2022? Are you just working on shows, writing? What are kind of the thoughts and plans as we move? I'm working on getting more shows. I have a, a good friend in this area who's an excellent guitar player and helps me with the guitar. His name is Rayford Stark, and he and I are working on getting a regular, you know, like Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of like, you know, once a week gig because he has a lot of songs i have a lot of songs and then we do a lot of covers together that that go real well so we're working on doing some kind of a show kind of together and Mm then um i'm just writing i'm just writing i'm going to finish this kind of what i call a batch yeah um that i have in my head (laughs) right now and um and i'm just going to write i we would like to do more videos in the fall what we want to do is see, that's why I'm always interested in what people's songs and, and also yeah. the streams, um, because we want to hit on the video that people seem to like the most of mm-hmm. the audio. And, and maybe it's going to be Sugar Town or Lost With You is the other one that people people like. So, okay. or Sun, Sun Kiss is popular, popular too. You know, we're just trying to find out where we're, um, <laughs> you know, strategic with all yeah. of this, my yeah. publicist. And then my mom helps quite a bit too. My mom is, um, you know, <laughs> my, my, my best friend, my, my right-hand person and everything. And she helps me strategize and, um, we're pretty good business partners. And we yes. look at, she keeps track of everything on the apps too, and mm-hmm. streams here and the, this and the, that, and which songs are doing, you know, better, but you know, it's people like sugar town, sun kissed, and also lost with you, which sun kissed and lost with you are beach beach song so mm-hmm. that would be something we could you know get done here yeah. in florida so i think we would like to do i'm, I'm writing and we're working on visual content for saw miller's nice. daughter and um you know who knows maybe a year from the fall or something we'll be back doing some recording or you know what have you but mm-hmm. um i i really want to work on the songwriting piece and maybe I'm not, I'm not ready to move to Nashville, but maybe spend some time there, yeah. um, you know, in the next years. That was going to actually be my next kind of transition question was bringing up Nashville since your uh, PR agent is based out of Nashville. But if you're, yeah, we've talked her and I talk, you know, about, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening and, and how to strategize things. I am, a single mom. My son is disabled and I get a lot of support from my mother here in South Florida. So it'd be really, you know, hard, uh, to leave her. Um, so I don't know. And I just, you know, moved back here a couple of years ago, not even two years ago, but, uh, I, you know, it's really the place to be for mm-hmm. where, you know, songs get made. I will say this, I don't have any problem <laughs> coming up with songs, yeah. uh, you know, on my own, but you know, there's a certain amount of connectivity that you just don't have if you don't live there. So we're just going to see, I think, I think the way after what I've been through in my life in these last years, I've learned a lot. And I do think that you have to make things happen for yourself, but mm-hmm. um, it's not that things are just going to come to you. I don't believe in that. I think you have to work for things very mm-hmm. hard, but I do think that I will know, you know, if that's the right thing to do, that something will be, you know, for a big move like that, something will have to be really significant in my life. Yeah. You know, a song doing really well or an offer or something like yeah. that, just to, to start there to just to move there and start over. Yeah. I don't know. You know, um, you know, I come up with a song. I don't really necessarily need to, you know, co-write right now. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Completely understood. Yeah. And- like, I mean, I guess the one positive thing about uh, 
uh, living in Nashville is you don't have to worry about that Florida heat. No, I love living in New York too. I love the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the change of seasons and the sweaters and the boots and the, you know, the leaves changing. And there's a lot of things about a more, you know, colder climate mm-hmm. that I, I miss. So, I, I mean, that wouldn't be in, in Nashville. It doesn't have like all of that snow and ice. So it, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't be a horrible, I lived in New York for 12 years and I yeah. did, you know, I did. Okay. Um, it's, there's a lot to be said. I always, I did notice when I was living in New York, just an amazing amount of um, musicians and the musicianship and it's great players down here. Um, but Florida has such a high population. Mm-hmm. I often wonder, that's my son. Sorry, he just woke up from a nap. Oh, okay. um, there's a, um, a large population of um, musicians and um, what I was saying was the, the pickers and the players and everything in the North and the Northeast are just, I mean, just phenomenal. I mean, there's great players here too, but we have such a large population. Mm-hmm. I would think we would have, we have the same great pickers and players, but I would think for the millions and millions more people in Florida, we would have kind of like a higher percentage. But one of the things I've realized about Florida is that it's so beautiful outside. Everyone wants to be outside doing things. And in New York, when you have long winters, people woodshed, people stay inside and practice in their basement. Mm-hmm. They don't go out as much. And when you are home, what we learned with COVID was that you, you, if you're making good time of your time, learn a new language or pick up a hobby or practice music. So people in uh, colder climates, um, <laughs> they get a lot of practice in. Yeah, you know? for, sure. for sure, for sure. Um, so one more thing that I want to ask you before we kind of start wrapping this up is uh, off, the, off the new album, what is your favorite song to perform? You're so worried about everybody else's favorite song. Oh, What's wow. your favorite song to perform? You know, it's so funny. I was, I had a show on Friday night and it was a sweet lady there that came in and she had heard me on the radio station and wanted to come and meet me. Lovely lady. Her name mm-hmm. is Chris. I don't know if she's listening. She seems to be following me a little bit. And she asked me the same question. And I honestly had not been asked that question really up until this weekend. So I guess it's the universe telling me I need to think about it. And I didn't have an answer for her. And You know, I'll say that um, the top three that I've been doing a lot of, Saw Miller's Daughter and Sugartown and Honey to a Bear, um, I like the reactions that I get from them, from other people. The one that I like, though, as far as me, 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 um, um, probably Sunkissed. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I ask that, it's a very simple reason. It's because I feel like, a lot of people that listen to you perform it, if you have, whether it's an authentic connection or a passion or a, a joy behind playing the song, I feel like people respond to it better or they, you know, so like if your authentic, authentic enjoyment of the song kind of comes through on it, I think that's kind of the song that people will naturally gravitate towards. So that that's kind of why I was curious what your favorite song to perform was. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's kind of a, I, uh, it's a fun song and it's a carefree song and it, it's, uh, kind of a beachy wavy flowy. You just feel like you're outside at the beach song. And I feel like the way Jim produced it and, and everything, it really captured being out at the beach. And Mm. I feel like that's just kind of my personality too. I try not to be negative at all really i have been (laughs) accused of being too like naive about life and just things because i just try to keep a positive attitude Mm -hmm. and um i've had a lot of uh challenges in my life as we all are all i all have Mm -hmm. um but i've had a lot of challenges and i wanted to make music i had gone through a, a divorce and a move and a lot of kind of traumatic things and i was determined that i wasn't going to make the album um, negative, or, um, there was one song, um, on there that's a little bit about my divorce. You could probably guess, guess which one it is, but the majority of them were about home and family, some love and love song type stuff. But, um, I tried to, I wanted to make something as upbeat as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I like that song is that when people hear it, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of perk up a little bit Mm -hmm. and sad songs are great too. Nostalgia, but 
I want stuff that you want to get in your car. And like when you're doing something fun that you want to put on mm-hmm. with your family, when you're cooking dinner, when you're, yeah. you know, yeah. when you're doing something fun. Yeah, you know, for sure. Be fun. For sure. I completely understood, you know, and a lot of the, a lot of your album, I definitely feel that fun, upbeat, energetic, ener- well, energetic energy. That's a new way to word it, but we'll go with yeah. it. Uh, but I, I really enjoy the uh, new album and I can't wait to hear which, what else you come up with down the road and all the new, full, uh, new cool stuff that you got working on and the music videos, hopefully that are be coming out in the future as you as you kind of figure out what you want to work on as far as visual components and all that stuff. So I'm really excited to see where things go for you the rest of 2022 and into 2023. Well, thank you for interviewing me, Tom. I hope I wasn't didn't go off topic too much. No, it was perfect. <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. Uh, if anybody wants to check out your music or any of your live shows or just interact with you on social, where's the best place to do that? My website is Sarah with an H Mac M A C music.com Sarah Mac music.com. And I have a, um, I mean, the, the, my website is the best place to go because all my socials are linked right off of there. And my YouTube, my videos are all on the front page of my website. And mm-hmm. I have a YouTube channel that I love for people to subscribe to. You can get mm-hmm. to it there. And then, um, I'm on social media. Uh, Instagram is Sarah Mac songs and Facebook is Sarah McCullough music. And then I'm just, you know, my regular um, personal profile is Sarah McCullen and people have been friending me, you know, just on the regular, you know, personal page too. So that's the best way to get me. But my website is good. And then I love people going to my website because they can read my bio and they can see more pictures and there's more, you know, pictures of my family and there's some pictures of Muscle Shoals and, you know, um, the video shoot that we did a couple months ago and we had a bunch of fun. So there was you know, there's quite a bit on there. Awesome. Awesome. And that, um, the photo shoot that you did for the album, was that in Florida or was that at Muscle Shoals? No, that was, um, that was, if you go to the photos page on my website, Mm -hmm. you'll see it's marked Muscle Shoals and then it Mm -hmm. says video shoot. And that video shoot for Saw Miller's daughter, um, was, you know, my dad had this sawmill. We grew up on the property and we don't own the property anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but the new landowners are wonderful people and allow us access and they oh. have kept the, the sawmill there um intact in for for what it is there was a fire on the sawmill so it burned but the mm. the, the carriage and the blade and everything are still there so oh. we did a whole video shoot in basically the everglades um <laughs> just about um beginning of april mm. and then we got the video out in time for the the album release on april 22nd Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of hard work. Talk about hot. And then I, again, I wore the wrong yeah. clothes and was sweating like a horse all through the video. You would never know, but it was awful. My makeup kept on sweating off, but um, yeah. So, but it's all on my website. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, you know, Florida, Florida heat's a different animal people. Oh, it is. I can't say that enough for the people that aren't from Florida. They just don't understand. It's a different animal. But uh, once again, I really appreciate you giving us time to sit down and chat a little bit. Uh, Really enjoyed it. You're welcome back anytime. Feel free to reach out and uh, we'd love to have you back on. Uh, Once again, thank you for being on here. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you all later. Thanks so much, Tom. Have a good rest of your weekend. Cool.